prayers. I think, man, I'll just use this every time. The prayer consecration, Jesus knew what he's about to do. He'd been with the Father forever and ever and ever and ever. Before there's any time or anything, he was always with God. He came down to earth to be the Savior of the world. And after 33 years on earth, as he was going to the cross, he knew it wasn't just a physical death. He was going to go down into hell and be separated spiritually from the Father. And that's why he said, Father, 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 said if there's any other way, any other way to do this, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's the prayer you pray sometimes when you know that your heart, the Lord's leading you to do something, to change a job, or to have to go talk to somebody, deal with a hard situation, and you just don't know what's going to happen, and you know in your heart, God wants me to do this. And so that's when you do the prayer of consecration. That's not the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is the Mark chapter 11 when you speak to mountains. Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart. But you believe those things you saith will come to pass, you're going to have what you saith. That's mountain moving faith. Well, the mountain moving faith doesn't work with the prayer of consecration. Amen. And so the, every prayer, every prayer should be prayed in faith. But every prayer is not the prayer of faith. Amen. There should be faith behind every kind of prayer you use. And so you said, I'm saying there's different kinds of prayers. And so the more that we know what's in our toolbox, and the more we know which tool to use for which situation, then the quicker we'll get results and we'll be life-changing peoples. Amen? Amen. But I want you to notice as we look at this here, it says also, it says also, prayed in the Spirit, or... Another translation says, praying in the Spirit and praying with the help. Praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, which we're going to get into, that's praying in tongues, but also praying with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so, praying with the help of the Holy Spirit is when you go into your prayer closet, you get out of your head, and you get into the Spirit. You go into your prayer closet, you prepare yourself for whatever works for you, to get into the presence of the Lord. How many know there's a difference between head praying? At times, you know, I'm in there where I belong now, and I know, I know, I know that I'm in contact with heaven and things are going to work. And, you know, I, I, I put that down there, that whatever works for you, because I know that for me, I, the way I'm wired, the way my prayer closet works, I'm down in my quiet place, wherever that is, with my Bible open, sitting there, Meditate on the Word of God, just have my conversation with the Lord, and then I know when something shifted to where I'm spiritually where I need to be. And then some people, people that really are wired for a lot of worship and things, they get in their place, they get down there, man, they put on worship music or something, and they pray and they sing and do things like that, which I do that sometimes. But the thing is, we're all wired different. Our souls are all different. But whatever it is, that works for you to where you know I'm in my place where I need to be. That's when you get to the Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will get to show you who your prayer target is or what your prayer target is. You know, Mrs. Pastor leads two good prayer groups here on, on a Tuesday morning and on Sunday night, and she always seeks him about what the target is. Sometimes he might... Have us pray for a church family. Sometimes he might have us pray for the government, a specific part of the government, the president, the courts, Congress, Senate, local politics, or for something else going on in the world, or for something going on in Barstow. But the thing is, when you pray with the help of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get results because that's what he wants you to pray for. I remember one time years and years ago, uh, when I first married Mrs. Pastors, uh, there were some people that give me a really rough time in life. I don't hate anybody. I don't have any. I don't have any grudges. But I tell you what, when somebody has tried to make your life miserable for a long time, that's not something you cost you. They say, you know what? I want to dedicate this day to praying for them. That's just not the way most people live. But I remember I was on the midnight shift at this truck dock, and all night long, it doesn't take a lot of thinking to move boxes. You just move from truck to truck. All night long, I kept seeing these people's faces and thinking about them, and I was praying for them all night long, praying in the Spirit. And finally, after a few days, I said, Lord, I, I, I was a new, 
we was new married. I said, Lord, I'd like to pray for my wife some. And you know what he said to me? He said, she don't need it. He said, they're going to help you don't pray. You know what I did after that? I never questioned again. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. You know why? From the Holy Spirit, that was a prayer assignment. And so I prayed with the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I did. And so, uh, anyway, also this at 618 says, praying always for all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. That's what I want to zero in on tonight. There's so many different kinds of prayers I could have taught. Matter of fact, I had to tear up, tear up two pages of notes the road I started down. I started down a road thought, man, I'm going to talk about the prayer of faith, the prayer of petition, and binding and loosening and worship and all these things. And the Lord just really moved me this direction. That's why I said at the start, there's people here tonight, if you've never been baptized the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, this is your night if you want it. And one's watching out there, you can receive two if you want it. And so I want to look at prayer of the Spirit, which is probably how I pray, pray the most. I just, I, I, I pray in the Spirit all the time, which is praying in tongues. And so I want to look at, first of all, some spiritual benefits of this kind of praying before I look at the how and the why. I want you to go to the book of Jude which is right at the end of the Bible, right before the book of Revelation. And we're looking at some benefits. You know, I just, I just know that for me, I think one way I can say this is this. We're living in the end times. And I think about a minefield sometimes. You know, I know that uh, I was never in the war, but I've seen war shows. And I've talked to people. Matter of fact, I worked with a guy for 27 years they was on a three-man crew in Vietnam, and uh, uh, I can't remember what his position was on it, but he talked about there's three guys as a point man and two other guys that's crawling through a minefield. The other two guys got blown up, and my friend got hit pretty bad. He was disabled for life. He got blown up pretty bad, but going through a minefield to try to see where the mines were so the troops could come through there without getting killed. We're at a spiritual minefield every day, everywhere we go. And especially now with what we're living in, with all the different plagues and stupid stuff. I mean, there's always been things, but we're in a different world right now. And then also with social media, you can't hardly breathe without being cautious what you say because your job could be jeopardized, your family could be jeopardized, everything could be jeopardized. But this kind of praying will help you navigate the minefields and know what a trap is. You know, we as Christians, we are charged by Jesus to preach the gospel to every creature, to share our faith. We're to be bold. We're to be instant in season, out of season, and we can't be muzzled. We can't be muzzled because of threats. When somebody God wants us to talk to is between eternity, hell, and everything else, and we're the ones that he assigned to share the Lord with them. Amen? But this kind of praying, this kind of praying will help us know because sometimes there are agents of the devil that'll set a Christian up to say some things just to trap them and get them fired off their job. And then sometimes there's people out there that are really sincere people and they're messed up. They say, oh, no, no, I don't want to talk to this one. But they're talking like the talkers are hurting so bad and you're the, you're the one supposed to talk to them to change them. I know when I was born again, I was talking to somebody the other day about that, that uh, I led a lot of people to the Lord. And on my truck dock one day, I led this guy to Jesus. I went in the break room, and there was this Christian in there I've worked with for years. He'd never witnessed to me one time. I went in there all excited. I said, guess what? I just led so-and-so the Lord out of the dock. And this guy gave me his religious stuff. He says, did you baptize him? And I said, we don't have any water on the dock. I said, he said the prayer of salvation, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, says he believes in his heart, confesses his mouth, Jesus is Lord, he's saved. I said, I led him through that prayer. He said the sinner's prayer. Didn't baptize him. I said, I got a question for you. Then the Holy Ghost took over through me to this guy. I said, I've worked for you all these years. You never one time told me about Jesus. And that was the Holy Ghost said that because he right between the eyes, his face turned white. He said, I thought you was too mean. I didn't think you could get saved. That's what he said to me. I, you know, maybe I wasn't always nice like I am now. 
I guess he thought so. And so when he said that, then the Holy Ghost said this to him. Well, I'm not as mean as Saul was. You know, Saul of Tarsus became Paul. I said, I never killed any Christians. I said, here Paul was. He was a Christian killer. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And I wasn't that mean. And so what I'm saying is this. You cannot judge a book by its cover. When you're talking to somebody that really looks rough, you know why, you know why I look mean? Because life has treated me really bad. I wasn't mad at anybody. I was mad at life. I didn't know Jesus, and so I come across rough. But I was, I was ripe for the pickings. <laughs> Amen. And so in the, book, in, the, in the book of Jude, the first several verses talk about carnal, counterfeit, backslidden Christians and a lot of mean heathen. And he talks about them, but he gets down to verse 20 and 21, and he tells us how to keep ourselves clean, to keep ourselves strong, and not to backslide. He says, but you, instead of being like these other people, they get all messed up with life and walk away from God. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see that praying in the Holy Ghost is praying in the Holy Spirit. And when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're praying in tongues. And we're going to see that in the Bible. He says, to help yourself not backslide, not to go carnal, he said, build yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. And so praying in the Holy Ghost is one way to help yourself stay spiritual. And then, notice this, verse 21 is hooked up with it, it's that comma. He says, keep, yourself, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God by praying in the Holy Ghost. You keep yourselves in the love of God by praying in the Holy Ghost, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and to eternal life. And so the way the Holy Ghost said this to me years ago, I wrote in my Bible, to keep yourselves in the love of God means keep yourselves under the protection of the love of God. When you're praying in tongues, you're helping keeping yourself under the protection of the love of God because when you're praying in tongues, you're building yourself up spiritually. When you're praying in tongues, you're causing yourself to become more sensitive to spiritual things. When you're praying in tongues, you're getting built up. You keep yourself in position for the love of God to hold on to you and to protect you. You know, God already said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But he never said, you can't leave me or forsake me if you want to. Because a lot of Christians, they choose they're going to leave him, and they don't, they don't, you know, you choose them by default. If you walk away, you may not have made that choice to walk away, but when you made that choice and you walked away, then you made the choice. You said, I've forsaken my faith. I'm walking away from God. Amen. But that, this is one of the benefits we need to see. A primary benefit of praying in tongues is that it helps you to get built up and helps keep you on course so you don't walk away. Amen. And so that, that's really a, a, a major benefit. Praying in tongues will help you to walk away from carnality. And then also, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. How many love the Bible? Amen. And you know, you know, what, you know what I've found out over the years as a young Christian, and it, it's so easy to see. Uh, think about this. Paul and the apostles and the disciples, every one of them were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues. And so the Bible, the New Testament, was written by tongue talkers, talking to people God wanted to become tongue talkers, and then explaining to tongue talkers what they had. It was written by tongue talkers. And so today, in modern times, with the help of the devil, tried to divide and conquer the body of Christ, People that have never spoken in tongues and received it try to tell you why you shouldn't have it. How can you tell somebody what should... I, there's a lot of things in life I can't tell you that you shouldn't have. I've never had them. Just because I've never had them doesn't mean you shouldn't. You know, there's a lot of different fancy cars that I've never had. And I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't have it just because I never have. A lot of things in life I've never done. But I'm not going to tell you you shouldn't ever do it because there might be some things out there. Well, I'll tell you some of this stuff. I'm glad when I was a kid they didn't have these bungee line things. I remember when we was down in Nicaragua with Robert and 
Leanne, and I don't know who else was down there, man. They got those things in those trees in the jungle, those monkeys in those trees running around. I look out there, comes Leanne. Man, I can't believe you did that. I can believe Robert would do it, but <laughs> but these people are those. And you know what? They had fun doing that. And I'm not going to tell you budgie lines are of the devil because I've never done it don't want to do it. I can't tell you that. And so why should somebody tell me that's never done it? That tongue's of the devil. There's no good. Amen. Tongue talkers in the Bible told me what it was, and I got it, and I do it. And so I'm going to enjoy the benefits of it. Now, I want you to see this. Somebody clapping somewhere? The little kids are leading you. <laughs> and so uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 18 says this. Now, look at this. This is Paul the Apostle. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Wow. Paul wrote most of these epistles that we study, said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And so Paul spoke in tongues in private life, like many of us do today, all the time. Well, how do I know this, that he spoke in tongues in his private life all the time? Well, I want you to look at this, verse 19, because this statement here with that semicolon is hooked up with what he said. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than y'all, yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words by understanding. So he's saying, I don't do it in church. He said, but in church, he said, I'm going to speak in your language so I can teach you. I want this to sink in because a lot of the resistors don't understand how this works. He said, I want to... He said, I want to tell you, I think, my God, I speak in tongues more than all of you, yet in church you're not going to see me do it much. He said, because I've got to teach you. I, I, right now, I can speak in tongues like many of you could right now, but what good's it going to do you if I stand here talking in tongues? I'm going to talk between me and heaven, but all you're going to do is sit there thinking, wonder what he's saying, wonder what's going on. Amen. And so get this one more time. For the people that... Uh, do not rightly divide the word of truth that teach against these things. They haven't had it yet. They teach against it, but they don't teach the Bible. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all, but in church, I'm going to speak in your language. Can you see that real plainly? I mean, that tells me right there that in private, what I do is like what Paul did and a lot of you do. You know, I try to very unconsciously when I'm in public watch out what I'm doing. I speak in tongues, man, almost all the time. If I'm in Walmart, i got to watch out. I'm in tongues speaking under my breath. When I'm at places, I'm speaking tongues under my breath. I just do it. Why is that? It's something in me, and when we look at more verses, you're going to see why it's something that you should exercise. All the time. Now, I've got to say something. We're not teaching on this tonight, but, but there's a difference between the gift of tongues and your prayer language of tongues. I was thinking while I was worshiping, I only know one time I've been used in the gift of tongues and it wasn't even in church. I was going through a real serious thing years ago, and I was praying. All of a sudden, I got overwhelmed with being speaking in tongues. And then what I did, I prayed that I may interpret. And what I did, I got the answer what to do. But in church, out of 42 years of being a Christian, Lots of years being a preacher, I have never been used in the gift of tongues in church. Never. I prophesied a lot, and that's a different thing, but we're not teaching on that tonight. But the gift of tongues with the gift of interpretation is two of the spiritual gifts. I've never been used there. And so, see, people get that mixed up. They try to take the, they try to take the Bible rules for the gifts and apply them to the prayer language. And those books I showed you will really help you on this. So, so anyway, Paul said, yet the church, I'd rather speak in my native tongue so I could teach others. And now we'll look at some, 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 some more wise, some wise speaking tongues. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. And this is such a great, 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 great benefit. And why speaking in tongues in your, in your uh, prayer closet is so good. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him, and no demon understands him. And so your prayer language is a gift from God to be able to communicate 
so the devil doesn't know what you're talking about. People don't know what you're talking about because who are you speaking to? You're not speaking unto men, speaking to God. And somebody, you know, would ask you, well, well, if, if, you're, if you're speaking in tongues, how do you know what you're saying? I don't because I'm not speaking to men. I'm speaking to God. Somebody said, well, what good's going to do somebody else? They're not in my prayer closet. It's me and Jesus. But in the church, if the gift of tongues operates, then they're going to be an interpreter. And you're going to, there's going to be an interpreter that people know what's going on. And he's talking right here about his prayer closet. Now look at what he says, the why. He says, he that speaks the unknown tongues, speak not a bit of God, no man understands it. How be it in the spirit. Remember talking about praying in the spirit? He said praying in the spirit and then praying in the Holy Ghost. How be it in the spirit he speaketh. So we're praying in tongues. We're speaking in the Spirit. What are we speaking? It says mysteries. We're speaking mysteries. And in the Greek, that mystery says divine secrets. We're praying divine secrets. You know what? There's things, there's things in your life that only God knows. And you've got to get a hold of them so you'll know it. Because they're secrets. They're not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. You know, Jesus taught in the Gospels many times. He said this, unto you is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. This is one way you get those mysteries. You pray them out in tongues. Is this helping anybody to see something you need to know? Amen. And so, you know, I'm just saying for all of you that are already filled with the Spirit and you that are out there watching that are filled with the Spirit, well, these things are helping edify you and give you more understanding of what you've got. But the most important thing is you've got a lot of Christian friends out there that are saved and they just don't know. And so when you take them through the Word of God using verses like I'm sharing tonight, you can sit down with your friends that are sincere. They just don't know. And so that's what this is. What's this tongues all about? And so when you show them verses like this, they get understanding. Then they say, wow, I wish I would have known that years ago. I want it. Amen. We, we are called of God as Christians to make disciples. Amen. As that, that, means, that means that whether you're called to be a preacher or teacher, I like what Rosalinda does, teaches, does all of her online stuff, what she's doing. A lot of you do things like that too. But you, you can disciple other people. You can sit them down, go through the Word of God, and show them verse by verse what God has to better their lives. Have you shown that you're obeying Jesus? He said, make disciples. Amen. You can do that. And so anyway, divine secrets. Now I want you to look at verse 13. I'm going to read verse 13, 14, 15. And somebody said, where he's cherry picking. Yeah, there's lots of verses of this thing go together. But for the subject we're on tonight, I'm trying to keep you one, one thought, keep you on track for what we're looking at. And so we're praying in tongues, we're praying divine secrets. Verse 13 then says, Wherefore, let him speak in an unknown tongue, pray that he may interpret. Well, if you interpret a tongue, and it's a divine secret, what do you interpret it then? You're, you're interpreting secrets of God. If he gives you the answer of what you're praying, then you're praying the answer. You're praying the secret. It says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. And I like what the Amplified Bible says. We don't have time to put it up there right now. But the Amplified Bible says, My spirit, by the Holy Spirit, within me prayeth. My Holy Spirit, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit, within me prays. So we're praying in tongues. We're praying in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's praying. We're praying. We're both praying together. When we're praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit has a hold of our heart, has a hold of our tongue, and we're praying out divine secrets. Glory to God, that's how we've done everything we've done successfully in life. I'll tell you what, the Lord knew he wanted us to leave Indiana and come to California. I sure never got that out of my head, man. I didn't think anything about any California. I knew there's weird people like you out here. I didn't want to get out here. <laughs> You're good weird. But everybody in California is not good weird yet. But they can be. Because we preach the gospel to every creature. What I'm saying is this. Mrs. Pastor and I, in praying in tongues about our future, begin to see California. Because that was a divine secret. The Lord had that hidden and reserved for us as part of our life. 
was to come to California. There's major decisions that many believers have to make that they never make them correctly because they don't get into that place where they pray like this. Do you know that if you're considering marrying somebody and you got doubts in your heart about, if you pray that out in the spirit, you'll find out if that's what God wants you to do or not? Do you know there's job decisions that you don't know what to do? Do you pray in the spirit, that divine secret, and pray out the interpretation? The Lord reveal things to you? Amen. You know, some of you look kind of serious. Must be a lot of serious thinking and decision-making going on. What am I doing tonight? I'm telling you what this tongues business is all about from the Bible. And I'm not a novice. I've been a tongue talker for 42 years. And am I weird? Well, some people think I am, but I'm weirdly blessed. And, you know, I think about this child training business and classes we're doing this morning. I don't think there's any better fruit than looking at my sons. You heard my, my son, Pastor Dave, talking this morning, man, put the little things on the mirrors, all the things we did. We looked weird to all those kids from Christian schools, but a lot of those kids in those Christian schools took off of the wrong roads after Christian school. Mine didn't. Amen. This is good fruit. What am I saying? I'm saying because some people think because you're a tongue talker, you're some kind of a fruitcake. Well, if we are, we're in good company. Then Paul was, Peter was, James was, John was. I mean, you go through the New Testament, the book of Acts, man, a lot of weird people, but guess what? They're in the Hebrews chapter 11 Hall of Fame. I'd rather be in his faith Hall of Fame than any kind of fame on earth. Amen. He says, he says, verse 14, says, For if I pray to the unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, which is prayed in tongues. I will pray with the understanding. That means you pray with your head, and you pray in tongues both. And the way I do it, I start off praying in tongues, and, 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 and pray with my head a lot of times, and then I shift. All of a sudden, when you're praying in tongues, all of a sudden something shifts. In the spirit, something changes. And then when you're praying for interpretation, all of a sudden you'll start praying with your understanding, which the spirit of God put it up there. You start speaking words. And, you know, you think about this. I, 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 there's so much I could teach for this, but that's why I had to throw away two pages of notes. Uh, I have learned over the years that when I'm praying in the spirit and begins to shift into tongues, all of a sudden, I'm seeing visions of things to speak to them, binding things, loosening things my head never knew about. And then I begin to call in things I never dreamed about. I begin to see faces of people I never thought about because all of a sudden you've crossed into that and then you're praying with the Spirit and you're praying with the understanding. And then that's when we begin to call those things be not as though they were. We cross the line. Amen. Amen. And so, and so when we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying in other tongues, and then we ask for interpretation, He shows us divine secrets. And because, for the sake of time, I've got to stop this right here and shift to another, another book. But did this give you enough to help you so far? Give you some understanding. Amen. Okay, I, I want you to go to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And this is so important because I, I identify Acts chapter 19, and I'll show you why. Uh, we're going to look at chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. And, you know, uh, I don't know about all of California, but this part of California where we're at right now is a whole lot easier to preach in about things like this than it was in Indiana. In Indiana, we had so many churches and so many denominations that most denominations were anti-Pentecostal, anti-tongue people. And so back there, it was really, really, really hard to be able to help people with this. And then at the same time, we had so many different Pentecostal denominations. Man, and a lot of them were weirdos. I mean, really weirdos. I met people started coming to my church that we taught the Word of God, and they say, you mean we wear our wedding rings? I said, well, what do you mean, wear your wedding rings? Well, our church was a holiness church. We couldn't wear wedding rings. 
because we weren't supposed to adorn ourselves. And we couldn't put makeup on. My wife couldn't wear makeup because that was against the holiness doctrine. And she couldn't cut her hair. Had to be silent in the church. And all kinds of doctrines they had from their brands of Pentecostal stuff. And still a lot of people like that. And so it was hard for them to receive all that God had. But then also, the most dangerous thing, they were so weird as a legalistic towards everyday people. Nobody would be around Pentecostal like that. And I know we're on the live stuff right now, so I'm not really knocking anybody. But I'm just saying, we as tongue-talking Christians are not called to be weird Christians and turn people off. Amen. There's no way I'm going to walk into the First Baptist Church and start speaking in tongues. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to walk into the Methodist Church and just start blasting out in tongues. I'm not going to do it. There's a lot of things that people do that made it offensive is why there's so much pressure against people speaking in tongues for many years. But the Bible makes it so plain and so easy. So I, I told that part of it to get to this part here, what we're going to be teaching. Acts chapter 19 says, <clears throat> and, it, and, and it came to pass that while Paulus was at Corinth, that was, that was another apostle traveling with Paul, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. How many of you are disciples? Are you disciples of Jesus? Well, it'd be like him coming to our church. He found some disciples. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So the receptor, besides being a disciple, that wasn't the Holy Ghost yet. It says, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said, Unto what they were you baptized? He said, John's baptism. So then Paul said, John barely baptized the baptism, repented, said to the people, this is water baptism, not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It says, said to the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. Now, I, told, I, I want you to see that part there. That's my life story. When I was a boy, my grandma took me to the Baptist church. When I was a freshman, I got born again in the Baptist church. The Baptists loved Jesus. They made good disciples. They did a lot of things. Matter of fact, I've only been water baptized one time in my whole life. When I was a freshman, my dad and mom never went to church. I had to walk to church. I had to walk through to the Baptist to get there, unless I get somebody to come and pick me up. So praise God for all of you picking up these young people, bringing them to church. And so uh, they was going to have baptism on a Sunday night. My grandma was old. She never went Sunday nights. That's when they baptized. So grandma that night, so I could get baptized, took me to the Baptist church on a Sunday night when I was a freshman to get me baptized. My dad and mom didn't come right in because they didn't have a use for that. But Brother Dixon in the Baptist church, for some reason, they don't call him pastor, they call him brother. So Brother Dixon baptized me. I was a freshman. I was sincerely born again. It was real, and I knew it was, so I've never got baptized again. And I tell some people here at our church, if you got baptized you as a kid or somebody sprinkled you or something and you don't know what it was about and you want to do it now in faith, you can do it now. You know, you want to get baptized now because now you know what you're doing. And so anyway, I started going to the Pentecostal church in January of 1980. And uh, I got born again January 29th. And after I got born again, I was really, I, I had it. And I come into church for, they had services Thursday night and Friday night. And man, all of a sudden, then the service, about a half a dozen real Pentecostals surrounded me. I was a baby Christian, been a sinner for years because I backslid after I was a freshman. And so all I knew was Baptist. And these people get around me, and I was born again, so I wasn't afraid. But they all surrounded me, sitting in my seat, man, like a bunch of giant Pentecostals standing there, said, you got to get baptized the Holy Ghost. I said, Brother Dixon baptized me. They said, you got to get baptized the Holy Ghost. I said, Brother Dixon baptized me. You got to get baptized the Holy Ghost. I said, Brother Dixon baptized me. That's when this thing went back and forth, but you know why it went that way? Nobody taught me. Nobody told me. I never heard of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See what these people said? They said, well, we never heard the such thing as the Holy Ghost. In the Baptist church, I never heard the word Holy Ghost. I heard Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. Heard Holy Spirit, but also the book of Acts talks Holy Ghost. Jude said, prayed in the Holy Ghost. And so Holy Ghost is Bible, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. 
And so these people just kept doing that. And, and, and finally, finally, I didn't know what to do because they weren't going to let me lose it like a dog on a bone, man. They had me trapped. I couldn't go anywhere. So they had, they had their room that, if you know anything about Pentecostal people, they tarry. That means they wait till they think you got it. So they took me back to the room. And back in the room, they're all standing there hollering at me to receive the Holy Ghost. I'm just a young guy, knows nothing about anything. And, talk, and so then I just closed my eyes. They're telling me just all kinds of stuff. And, and, and I got this part over here said, 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 grab hold, grab hold. And then the others over here said, let go, let go. And I didn't know if I was grabbing or letting go. I didn't know what I was doing. You know, so finally they gave up on me. And so then, about a day or two later, I was in my truck. My truck I drove for a living, and I stopped for lunch. I was getting ready to go to the cafeteria, and I just sat there in my truck. And I just had my conversation with Jesus. I was thinking about that, and I said, Lord, I said, if that's anything that you wanted, I want it. And so about that time, it was like a cat opener over the top of my truck and took the roof off my cab, and whew, man, I was saturated. I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and it changed my life forever. And I didn't know how to yield the tongue part. A couple nights later, I was with some Christian friends that had been discipling me and helping me along, and went in there, and she starts speaking in tongues, and she says, Jesus, once you start talking in tongues, laid her hands on I started talking in tongues. And I've been a tongue talker ever since. But the whole thing was that I'm telling you, there's a difference between water baptism. Paul said, then how were you baptized? He said, with John's baptism. Well, you know, John baptized the River Jordan. Baptized in water. And so then he wanted to baptize the Holy Ghost. Now look at this. Verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So after John, the water baptism in the name of Jesus came. And then look at this. <clears throat> now look at this. This is for you. It says, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And what did they do? What did they do? Somebody tell me, read that. They spake with tongues. When the Holy Ghost came on them, they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. And so... We're not going through the book of Acts tonight, but every time in the book of Acts you could see when people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the first sign would happen, they begin to speak in tongues. And then, of course, we can see the value of speaking in tongues. We looked at a lot of things tonight, so I want to say this. Josh. Waiting on, waiting on my musically gifted son. Amen. Let's, let's stand up. And I'm going to have an altar call. And here's what it's for. When I was born again, and those Pentecostal people told me I needed this, I didn't know it wasn't explained to me from the Bible there's a difference between water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Nobody explained that to me from the Bible. But then, after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost by the mercies of God, then I began to learn the Bible. And so I've showed you tonight in the Bible that Paul asked them, have you received it? And they said, no, we never even heard of it. So he baptized in water there in the name of Jesus because they've been baptized by John before, but he got baptized in the name of Jesus for New Testament believers. And then... And then he laid hands on them as his Holy Ghost came on them and they began to speak with tongues. And so if you're a believer in here tonight and you've never been baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost, it's the same thing the Bible calls it, filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit, that I believe in the name of Jesus, if from your heart you want this, that just like the Apostle Paul I've got the same Holy Spirit on me to preach and teach and minister as Paul had, and I'll lay hands on you. I will lay hands on you. The Holy Ghost will fill you, and you'll begin to speak in tongues. So as we stay in this attitude of worship, as Josh ministers in music does, we'll all just worship the Lord. And if that's something you want, then come up here 
I lay hands on you. I believe you'll be filled and you'll begin to speak with tongues. But I want, I want you to th- listen to what I'm going to say. It did not say the Holy Ghost began to speak in tongues. It says the Holy Ghost came on them and they speak in tongues. And so when I lay hands on you and the Holy Ghost will come on you, fill you, then you're the one has to yield your tongue. You do the speaking. He gives you the ability, but you do the speaking. You understand what I'm saying? It says the Holy Ghost came on them. It doesn't say the Holy Ghost began to speak in tongues. It says they begin to speak in tongues. You've got to know the difference. So the Spirit will come on you, but you're the one who does the talking. Amen. So let's, everybody that's uh, already got it, let's just be in this attitude of worship because this is pretty serious stuff. Some people really need to have this now because that's the way life is. They got to have all the tools in their toolbox, all the weapons they can have. And so let's just worship Jesus. Mrs. Pastor, come up with me. Amen. Amen. And so as we're worshiping, worship God in tongues. Remember, we just saw 1 Corinthians 14. We sang in the Spirit. We sang for understanding. So worship Him. And let's, let's have some people get some help tonight that really need it. Amen. Amen. Worship together. People are going to get help tonight. You, Lord, I will exalt you, Lord. There is no one like you, God. I will exalt you. Exalt you, Lord. I will live. 
This is a really, really, really big deal, a very solemn thing. People receive the Holy Ghost that really need it for life's battles. So let's just stay here and worship and pray in tongues and help these people to get it. And as they're praying in tongues, I, I, I want to tell you something I've learned. I, I, I'm going to speak to Dan and Stacy particularly. They're praying in tongues right now. They've never had this before. Do you hear yourself speaking in tongues, Stacy? Do you hear it? Yes. Dan, do you hear it? Okay. Now, I want to, I want to teach you how this works. Now, now, do it right now again. Just speak in tongues. Dan, speak in tongues. They're both speaking tongues. Now, let me ask you something. Let me ask you both something now. You did that as your act of will again, but I said do it again. You did it again as act of your will. It's not your imagination. It's spiritual. That is an act of your will. Now, when you leave, and this, this, this is also for Nikki, anybody else, Ellie, the devil's going to tell you that didn't really happen. He played for your mind. No, I didn't play for your mind. That's Bible. You saw it. Holy Spirit gave it to you. And then listen to what Paul said. We saw in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. It says, I will speak in tongues, an act of your will. And so when you're praying at home and doing things you're doing, just say, Lord, I want to pray in tongues, pray out these secrets, show me things I need to see, and then just start praying in tongues. Like anything else in life, when you first start to take baby steps, something's new, it's strange that after you do it for a while, for a season, all of a sudden it's just a habit, and you're doing it, you don't even think about it. It's like anything else in life we've ever done. Everything in life we've ever done, there's always that first day, that first time, well, this is strange, but then after a while it becomes a way of life. Based upon the verses, those books we got in the bookstore that I showed too. You probably got those. You got a lot of good books. But the thing is, they will help you stay strong in that. And I tell you what, you're going to start seeing things you need to see and knowing things you need to know because they're called divine secrets. Amen. So just go home, keep on using your new gift, praying, and asking for interpretation. You'll start knowing things. I tell you what, that's worth my whole year right there. If nothing else good happened this year, which is going to be a very loaded year, that was life-changing forever and ever and ever and ever. I'll just throw in one more thing as we're closing down. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, it was so many light years ahead of just being born again. Born again is the absolute best, but I tell you what, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I felt like that guy hit the thing at the car wheel that goes up, goes ding, and hits it, does the dinger. I felt like hit that thing, and I saw a Superman show one time. When Superman hit it, that thing went past the top and kept on going and never stopped. That's how I felt when I got filled with the Spirit, that I went way beyond born again. My life has never been the same. Amen. And so these people got it. I want to say it again. You're the ones that control you that gift now. That's not the gift of tongues. Like I told about in a service, that's a different thing. This is yours. This is your prayer language. Get those books and study those books with your Bible open, and it'll help you. Amen. Pastor Dave, you want to close her out? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. What an awesome time tonight. Praise the Lord. And uh, 
and we're super excited about what, again, what the Lord's doing in our church. And we just got more power in the house, amen, because we got more people filled with the Spirit, amen. And Jesus told us in the book of Acts, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, amen. Power to witness, and it's incredible. So praise God for that. All right, well, we're going to close out in prayer tonight and do our Barstow Faith Confession, and we're going to have an awesome week. Who's going to have a great week this week? Amen. Going to be successful everywhere you go. Everything you set your hand to is blessed. Amen. Because we've got a covenant with Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's go ahead and pray tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word. God, in Acts chapter 19 and in, and in 1 Corinthians, Lord, and in Jude verse 20, we've seen all these different places, Lord, where the, the, the speaking in tongues and praying in the Spirit, Lord, it builds us up. Lord, you, you, we pray out mysteries. We have power to witness for you all these great things that we've seen in the Word tonight. And so, Lord, help us to uh, be thankful for that gift and to take advantage of that gift that you've given us, God. We love you and we praise you and we declare that this week is going to be a week of victory. Everywhere we go, everything we set our hand to is blessed. We win every time because of Jesus. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to close out with our faith confession. And I'm going to I'll let Ellie do it tonight. She's kind of been wanting to do it. So we'll let her have a crack at it. All right. Amen. All right. Got to do it in the mic. Got it? That Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is surrounded. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.